So I'm sitting here with Kahala Clay. And you know what? Everybody wants to know how, what's, what's been your journey? Wow. Um, that's a lot. Um, Hold on, but we got to get the intro. Yes. You got to intro it. I, I'm, I'm just a producer. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. Thank you for joining us today as I conduct my first solo podcast. Um, I've been putting it off. I've been avoiding it. But today I am going to... It is the day. ...try my best to share my journey and what brought Pearls and Politics Podcast to be. Thank you for joining us today. So, hello. Hi. <laughs> let me let me start off with something you always say. But will you come back? <laughs> Definitely. I'll, okay, I'll, I hope so. I hope so. I so look, I, I, I like to get to the nitty gritty. How did you come up with all this? How did I come up with pearls and politics? Well, um, it came from years as an attorney, years in politics. I was the elected circuit clerk in St. Clair County for over 10 years. And I ran in three elections. I won three elections. Um, the last being by 8,000, approximately 8,000 votes. Oh, you ain't nothing to play with then, huh? In a pandemic. <laughs> in so a pandemic. That was rough, but um, three elections. And I served the people of St. Clair County for 10 years as their elected circuit clerk. And so after a decade in politics and much of what I had seen, much of what I had learned, I wanted everyone to have knowledge and understanding because it was clear in many circumstances and situations that sometimes people just didn't understand. They didn't understand the process. They didn't understand government um, and especially communities of color. Um, there was a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding. And so I wanted everyone not just communities of color, but to be able to have a better understanding of uh, government and the political process and the legislative process. So that kind of birthed this platform and Pearls and Politics LLC. And I'm just looking forward to bringing more information, more subject matter experts, and just more information to the community. So you, I, I enjoy the platform, not because I'm just the producer, but I enjoy the platform. But Thank tell you. me about some of the people that, some of the guests that you've had so far. Now, for you guys that don't know, this is episode 10. This is episode 10. Now, with this being episode 10, you've had nine episodes before this. Now, usually some people go podcast ghosts, you know, within them <laughs> nine. You didn't. You did great. So I now, made it pass. You passed the ghost okay. part. Okay. Now, you know... Tell me about the guests that you've had, you know, these nine. Now, we got 12, but tell me about those nine, those first nine, or divine nine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. The first nine, they were great. So, um, 
They are all people that I have close relationships with, um, some closer than others, but people that are part of my village. So I know in most episodes, I'm like, you were the first person I thought of, but literally they often are the very first person that I thought of because they are the expert in whatever it is. So whether it was Tyler or Jean-Pierre or whether it was Alondra or Brandy, mental health and them each specializing in a particular area whether it was Cherie and Jocelyn with Black Lady Courtroom, which oh, yeah, is so that was near a great and dear. Episode. Thank you. So near and dear to my heart. Obviously they are awesome at what they do. Um and they are my sisters in the law. So that was a joy to have them come on. Um then of course our very first episode. Oh yeah, with, heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. Yes, with uh, leader um state representative Latoya Greenwood. Um, she is a dear, dear friend. And so I wanted her. And then, of course, Senator Chris Belt is also a very dear oh, friend. Yeah. And so just, you know, bringing everybody in. And then, of course, my rider. Oh, yeah. Nicole Brazil. You already know who I'm talking Nicole about. Nicole Brazil. Yes. She came and started off, you know, our series on financial literacy that we will continue. But um, they are all people that I talk to all the time. Um, that help me out all the time. Your village, as you say. Exactly. Right. So I wanted them to come on and share their wealth of knowledge with, with everybody. Okay. So, I mean, these first nine have been really, really great. What can we expect in season two? Well, we are currently oh, working we. on season oh. two. Yeah. We are currently working on season two. Um, just so many things that you know we're we're trying to cultivate you know here in our podcast space but from a new set design and looking forward to that because this is not the new set this is just my <laughs> set that i did because i'm a creative so please don't hold this against her thank you i think it's fabulous oh but let's talk about my bling you know <laughs> i uh, we've had multiple men on the podcast mm -hmm. and they didn't have the bling but I decided to have the bling because it doesn't bother me. I'm secure <laughs> with who I am. <laughs> I have to get them when I can. But this new set, new design, new look, new feel, but same great content, right? Yes. Same great content. Looking to have some, obviously, some new guests. Um, probably we'll have some people revisit because each particular episode like with Alex Fenoy, Senior Vice President of Business Services with St. Louis Community Credit Union. Like he said, there's so much more to talk about. And in the interest of time, he couldn't get everything out. Right. And he so, was dropping some major dimes yes. just like Nicole did. Mm -hmm. She was she killed it, too. Yes. Yeah. So they all have more to share. And particularly financial literacy is really something that I really want to hit home because it helped me a lot right. because there's so much, you know, people think because you practice law or whatever that you know all these things. But no, everybody has their area of specialty or expertise. And so um, I will probably have people come back. But then, of course, there will be lots of new guests in season two. OK, OK. Now, I understand everything with podcasts, but I know there's something deeper that drives you. Um how did you get into law? How did you get into being attorney, circuit clerk? How did you get, what was that journey like? Well, now um, give this to us from, you know, the perspective of we don't know anything because I really want to know what did it take you, um, 
a black woman from these 89 blocks. And if you didn't know, I'm from the 89 blocks. <laughs> but what did it take? How did you do it? How did you beat everything, all the odds that were put against you coming from those 89 blocks? How did you win? Well, I want to say um, two things that I've always had. I remember years ago in law school, there was a black judge that was being um, a, or put on the bench. He was having his ceremony and he said he wanted to thank God and great parents. And so that stuck with me and has been with me for what, 20 years now, because that has been truly you know, what has worked and has been why I'm here, you know, why I made it this far. Because I had two great parents. Um, my father was fire chief for the majority of my childhood in East St. Louis. Um, he was fire chief during a time where African-American men pretty much weren't the chief of anything, you know, let alone fire departments and things of that nature. And so he did that. My mother worked for the same major corporation in their business office for 41 years. So I had parents who worked, who had a work ethic, who, you know, believed in working hard and pushing through. So my mother has suffered from migraines and all types of, but I don't remember a day that my mother didn't go to work. Like, I don't remember a day that my dad didn't go to work. And he loved his job. So I know I knew I wanted to do something that I loved because my dad's like, well, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's true. And so I said, well, I want to do something that I love. And then uh, my mother, you know, like I said, she just was a really hard worker. And then my dad was also an NCAA Division One uh, referee growing up. Oh, so wow. Yeah. So and again, during a time where black men were not in that space. Exactly. And so um, I just had two really great parents that just really believed in me, thought I could do anything. I was a daddy's girl. And I say <laughs> was because um, when I was in law school, my father passed away um, from cancer and that was very difficult for me. Uh, but I knew that if I didn't finish, he it just would have been beyond disappointing. So I had to make sure that I finished and that I did what I was supposed to do. So um, I still have my mom. She's, I call her the real MVP because, <laughs> because of my mama, I can be great, okay? It is no question. So these last 19 years, my mother has just been a driving force for so many things and she stands in the gap. Every opportunity you know, that comes her way, she's there for me. She's there you know, for me and my husband and then for our three kids. So that definitely was you know what has driven me these last many years now i did not initially want to be a lawyer what what did you want to, <laughs> no, what, what, did, what did you want to i didn't initially i wanted to be an eye doctor maybe really? these gigantic eyeballs i don't know oh, but i goodness. wanted to be an eye doctor and i started out pre-law speech communication at the uh-oh the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, okay? U of I. Yes. I know many people that went to U of I and caught that bus back <laughs> home. <laughs> well, I stayed. You stayed and now, got it done. It took a long time. It was five years and a super senior year and all of that, but I got it done. But I wanted to be an eye doctor. And so I was pre-med biology when I first started, and it started out really well. And then those grades started going south. And I was like, well, what is it? What? Why is this not? Cause I, Were you partying? No. Well, I did party. Now, don't well, get me wrong. I mean, I My girlfriends would be like, look, wait a minute. Yes, I've she heard all the stories but, about Chicago coming to U of I and 
they they you know the house music and new new and all that no. you know I, I know no that wasn't it but for whatever reason I think it was because that wasn't my destiny right and every time in my life where I'm going down a path that is not the destiny that God has for me oh yeah he'll turn it I've been I pivot what do we say mm, here on pivot, further yeah we pivot, pivot. so he pivots me mm-hmm. and so then I transitioned so I'll never forget it was going into my super senior year and I sat up in my bed in my studio apartment that my father paid my rent every month, by the way. Yeah. And I sat up in bed and I said, I don't want to be an eye doctor anymore. I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> and I called my dad and I will, as long as I live, I won't forget it. He said, I don't care if you major in basket weaving. Mm. I'm not paying no more rent after June. My father had never said anything similar to that to me in his life. Never, never told no. me no. Never mm-hmm. told me. He said, I will not pay another dime of rent after June. I finished an entire degree in two semesters because all of my, I was in the same school. Right. So I'm still in LAS. All of my credits transferred and I finished an entire degree on the days list, by the way, Ooh. in two semesters. Oh, yeah, you were determined that rent not getting paid. Because uh, what I'm going to do? I can't pay it. So, <laughs> so, That'll motivate you, won't yes, it? Yes, won't it? So I finished. Um, and, of course, my father and my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, were both there. Um, and they're both now going on. Um, but that was it. And so I took a gap year after because I was like, I need to make some money and get a car. Right. You know how we do right. when we come right. out. And, you know. um, and then I started working for uh, OSCO. In management. Okay. And so that just did not fit with me. It just it just didn't. It just was not my fit. Right. And so it motivated me. Here we go again with the pivot. Telling you. That did not work. He was like, this is not it. Daughter, get moving. So I'll never forget. You remember Circuit City? Oh, yes. I went to Circuit City and bought that compact computer. Remember, they had oh, with the big orange bag. on the back. Yeah, blue. that big bag. That's of course, heavy. I mm-hmm. bought red. Oh. Because that's another thing about me. My favorite color in the entire world is more like an OCD, is red. Really? And so I am known for the color red. It's my signature color. So okay. I went and bought a red one. And I bought an LSAT. That's when you had the CD-ROM. Mm-hmm. And I'd study for the LSAT. And I did horribly. And I have no, this is my testimony, so I'm going to tell it all. There you go. Um, I did horribly, but again, as the Lord would have it, I got admitted to law school. And um, the rest is history. So I graduated. Unfortunately, like I said, my father passed right, uh, right before I finished. And um, yeah, so I graduated and I took the bar exam and I felt like I did horribly on every practice exam <laughs> for the bar exam. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Me and my girlfriend, Leah, um, my best friend from undergrad, Leah Cannon, we studied all summer. I quit my job. My mother, you know, paid my rent, my car. No, oh, it was a whole family. You, you it was got a, a history of somebody paying this it rent. It was a village effort. Okay. <laughs> and so I, but as the Lord would have it, I passed and I passed the first time. Oh, wow. And I started working for um, my first service job mm-hmm. um, as a public defender in one of the largest cities in the country in Indianapolis, Indiana. Wow. One of the best experiences of my life taught me how to be a trial attorney, taught me how to advocate um, and taught me how to care for um, underserved communities. So I represented so many black and brown people. Um, A lot of people don't know that Indianapolis has a large um, 
Latino population, right. Latinx population. And so, um, and of course, a large African-American population. And so I represented countless men and women, and I did everything I could to change their impression of what a public defender was. Because, you know, they call us public public pretenders. They call us public pretenders. And there were so many men and women who were like, I was... You don't care about me. Miss Hill or Mrs. Dixon at that time, and they were just like, you have completely changed how I see indigent defense. And I was like, that's my ministry. Like, that is what I'm supposed to do. And um, so, yeah, so that was that was my first legal job. And that's how I transitioned. That's how I pivoted right. out of undergrad and law school. So, yeah. So what was the what was the next pivot after that? Oh, wow. The next pivot after that was tragic. Yeah. Um, I met an amazing young man. Um, where I went to church, okay. Progressive Missionary Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. The Reverend Michael K. Jones was the pastor then. Um, unfortunately, he's gone on as well. But um, I met his minister of music. And um, one thing led to another, and we fell in love, and we got married. And so that was shortly after law school. Mm. And um, we had a little boy by the name of Anthony Dixon Third. And when Anthony was about eight months old, shortly after my 31st birthday, um, and just weeks before his 31st birthday, my husband passed away after having surgery to have a brain tumor removed. So it was the second time that we had had the tumor removed, and the second time did not go so well. So um, I was a 31-year-old widow with an eight-month-old baby. Um, we I had a law firm at the time, the law office of Kahala Dixon, and we had Dixon National Transport. We had a trucking company, and obviously he was in ministry, in music ministry. Um, and it was very difficult because I'm like, this is not what I planned. Like, I planned a lot, and this was not part of that. This was supposed to be, and I'll never forget one day I was... You know, the Lord was like, "It no, it's exactly. Because you said, for better, for worse, for rich or for poor, in sickness and health, till death do you part. And it was all of those things. Just never thought it would come at two years and seven months rather than 57 years, right? right? And so um, I had to make a decision. Do I jump in the casket? Because I wanted to. Um, Or do I... um, do what my dad, my grandmother, and my late husband would want me to do, and that's continue. Mm-hmm. And that's what I decided to do. Um, and I, I thank God for my son, because I think that was very purposeful and strategic, because it would have probably been easier for me to give up if I didn't have an eight-month-old baby, um, depending on me. And my mother lived with us at the time. So um, it was good. Obviously, she had been through that many years before. Right. And so she was there for the real MVP again, was again. there in the clutch. Okay. And so, um, so yeah, so I had to say, do I keep going or do I not? And so I lived in Indianapolis for about another year and worked. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm moving back home. Like Ruth. Mm. <laughs> I'm moving back home. And so I packed up, uh, 
my mother and my baby, and I had been uh, blessed with a wonderful job opportunity. Um, then state's attorney, Bob Hader, now circuit judge Bob Hader, mm -hmm. um, who was a widower. So we shared a very similar story. Um, and he knew my dad. So he knew my dad because my dad had reft his boys. So he's like, Bruce's daughter? Say less. Okay. And so I was like, okay, well, thank you. You know, and I moved back and he hired me and I didn't even have a license to practice. Oh, wow. So again, how the Lord will pivot. And mm -hmm. he's like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And so, yeah. And so I had to um, get my license. But in Illinois, you can't really on reciprocity or being grandfathered, you can't really do that without a promise, a like solid promise that you're going to be practicing. And so I finally got my solid promise when he hired me. And um, later that summer, Justice Carmeyer at his chambers uh, swore me in. And so um, I became a lawyer in the state of Illinois. And so I've been licensed in Indiana since 2004, and I've been licensed in Illinois since 2010, I believe. And wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, that is a lot. Yeah. You know, your shoulders are definitely uh, wide because that's, a, that's a, a heavy load to bear. I'm familiar with losing children. I haven't lost a spouse. So, you know, my, my heart goes out to you for, for that. But um, there was a knight in shining armor that came in, right? Absolutely. I was um, working at the state's attorney's office, and he was working at the state's attorney's office as well. And I still cannot believe that he was single to this day. I still can't believe it. And, but he was because, again, here we go with the pivot. Mm -hmm. Here we go with what the plan is. And so um, there was this young, handsome assistant state's attorney in the building, in the county. And he, again, like I said, he was single. And my mind was nowhere on any of that, obviously. And so, you know, I guess conversations for what I've been told were being had around the building. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, where was I? And they were like, that's not where your mind was. So um, long story short, we got introduced and it was very kind of like neutral and platonic in the beginning for obvious reasons. Um, but his intentions were neither neutral nor platonic. And so then I discovered that later because he was very gentlemanly about it. And we started dating and um, me being a widow never bothered him. Um, me being a mom never bothered him. Um, if people- But well, that's a man. Yes, if people it's try- a difference, It's a difference if you're dealing with a man exactly. versus someone playing like they're a man. Uh-huh, and so- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I had to emphasize <laughs> that. Well, right, because obviously you would know. Oh, yeah. Um, and so he, you know, was very persistent and very loving and very kind. And, you know, like I was saying, it was never an issue for him, like me having had a life before. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that was something that he was quite proud of or something that he's like, okay, so this just is a woman of substance and, you know, um, she's strong and she can persevere and she cute. 
and she funny <laughs> and she a lawyer and I love her and I'm gonna marry her and she gonna have my babies and all that. <laughs> and all of that. So yeah, so we fell in love and we got engaged and you know, I wasted no time cause he pro- proposed in like November and then the wedding was January 28th. So oh, he was yeah, we were both ready. And I think one of the things about life it teaches you when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. And so I had that long fairy tale engagement to plan that long fairy tale wedding that first time. And then when he passed, two years and seven months to the day after our wedding day, I kind of felt like that was another period of time I could have had. And so I was like, I won't make that mistake with you. And mm-hmm. so I was like, let's get married. And he was like, absolutely. That's why I asked. And so we had a beautiful wedding because um, I event plan and do all that other stuff. So it was real cool. It was nothing for me. Folks was like, well, if anybody can plan a wedding in 90 days, it's you. <laughs> and we had a fabulous wedding. And um, yeah. And so one thing led to another. So then we had Anthony the third, then we had William the fourth. And I'm like, okay, so I'm married to William the fourth. Anthony the third is our first. William the fourth is our second. Like I'm outnumbered like every which way. Mm-hmm. Like, can can we get some estrogen or something? Mm-hmm. But then I was getting old. I was, ooh, I was getting, and so, uh, but we were blessed with, I call her the child of my old age. Mm-hmm. With Caitlin, um, when I when I was 40 when I was 40 and so now I'm 44 and a half and I'm chasing this four-year-old that (laughs) acts like me and looks like my mama but has a lot of my mama's attitude uh oh boy and so yeah so now we have but that was it like she came for all for my whole life I was so oh my goodness I was so sick and I was like that's what you get for trying to have babies at 40 but but yes so now we are done done um and we just celebrated 10 years in January, years. we've been married for ten years. So that's yes. beautiful. Thank you. Black love, black Thank love. You. That's yeah. a that's a beautiful. It's powerful too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's very powerful, especially if you're on the same accord. Yes. You're equally yoked. It's it's something serious. It is. So you've met the man of your dreams. You married him. Now. Um, are you circuit clerk then? Yes. Oh, so where does the circuit clerk come, <laughs> come in? in? Where is, how did that Yeah, how does that slide in between the knight in shining armor and the little rascals? Okay, so <laughs> when I started um, as an assistant state's attorney, I did not stay there a full year before I became circuit clerk. Whoa. So I moved back home after 15 years of being gone. And I started working as an assistant state's attorney and I'm trying cases and doing my best and healing and um, just trying to feed my son. Right. Because I'm like, it's just me now. And now I have to feed this baby and it's just all on me. So I'm trying to rebuild my life. Right. And one day somebody was like, I heard you're going to be the next circuit clerk. And I was like, I was, I'll never forget. Do you remember the Panera downtown Belleville? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. so I'm sitting there and I had my earbuds in, or one buds at that time. My headphones. My headphones in and was what, on an iPod? At that oh, an iPod. Uh, oh, so a, you were just listening to music. Yes, an oh, iPod. That's good. So to all you uh, viewers and listeners who don't know what a Walkman is or a... Um, <laughs> A iPod, a tape deck. A tape <laughs> right. deck. 
you know, Google it. A diss man. A diss man. None oh, but those. do you remember those? Absolutely. Do you remember where you wanted where it wouldn't skip? You used to put it in your car. Uh-huh. I used to sit it on a hat so it would it would just glide just or right. So, <laughs> right. Think about how far we've came. Oh. But you know what? You and I are in the era of we're in the best era because we remember tape decks. Mm-hmm. We remember VHS. Yeah, I remember A tracks. I remember A tracks. I remember A tracks. I remember A tracks. I remember I you know if you you liked a song, you had to like the whole album. You mm-hmm. just couldn't like one song on an A track. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to hear forty fives, oh forty fives with the little yellow thing that you had to put in it, yes. so it'll work. Yeah. See, what do you remember the high fives? Did your parents have a high five? Uh-uh, what is that? That was the big long thing that looked like a buffet table in your living room. Oh yes, absolutely. The high five. Some of them, some of them were fancy. Had a, a black and white TV in it. You could slide it open. Okay. <laughs> now see, we had the TV that you could slide open. That was in the family room. But then we, it had the record player at the top. No, that okay. was separate. So in the living room with the um, the oil lamp. See, you're. Uh, more privileged than a lot Stop of it. us. Uh, we didn't have oil lamps. We had a TV stacked on top of a TV because one didn't work. <laughs> Usually that floor model one didn't work. Okay. And my dad, my dad, boy, he was special. That floor model TV wouldn't work. So he put a 13 inch on top of it until we got that one fixed. But it just never seemed to get that floor model quite right. Quite it was right. always something. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. Well, we had the lady... That with the oil lamp that looked like the shower. Oh, really? But underneath it was absolutely what you're calling, what you call it, a high fire? High fire. Yeah. And so there was. Had a record player and the radio in it and, and the TV. I even had where it was an A track player in it. Yeah, it did on the side. On it, the side. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Well, that's when you had to listen to real, you, you had to listen to real good music. Yeah. Yeah. But so, go ahead. You had your headphones on in Panera. Yes, and somebody walked up to me and was like, somebody said you're going to be the next serving clerk. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know anything about that. I I don't know anything about that. Um, And so, (laughs) I'm just trying to go to work and feed my baby. Mm -hmm. that's, That's it. And so, that conversation turned into um, less than 11 months from me moving back home and starting as an assistant state's attorney, I became the first ever African-American person to be circuit clerk in St. Clair County history and the first woman to be circuit clerk in St. Clair County history. And it was awesome. It was great. Um, I had the most wonderful staff of people, whether they were my chief deputies, I had awesome Court system admins were awesome. And then, of course, my my staff, my general staff and the supervisors and the courtroom clerks and just everybody serving the people in that capacity was phenomenal. It put me in so many places and spaces that I never would have been um, aside from being blessed with that role. Right. And so I just can't even begin to talk about the hundreds of people that I met and the many very critical relationships that I developed, um, not just on the county level, but all across the state. And so it was just a wonderful experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, It wasn't always easy, okay? That would be a lie if I was like, oh, every day was great. But on no job, is every day great. Exactly, unless unless you're a podcast producer. (laughs) I mean, mine's great every day. I love what I do. 
Well, good. I'm glad you love. <laughs> well, I get to do. I get to meet, I get to be around interesting people, and but I've known you for a while, and you've always been, um, I mean, just the nicest person. Thank you. And I and I've always I said say wait, you. look, it's always Kahala Clay. That's I've I always say a first and last name, but I do that with a lot of people, especially a lot of females. But when you're really outstanding, I really say your first and last name. <laughs> So my wife asked me, so what did I say? Well, I'm, I'm going to Kyle Clay. She's like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> well, yeah, you've always been um, a great person. And it seems like even like your A1, uh, Nicole, she's always been just so great. Mm-hmm. She is so, wonderful. And I know that's your rider right there. That's my rider yeah. right there. Yeah, I remember when she worked at the circuit, well, at the uh-huh. circuit clerk office. Uh-huh. And it seems like you pushed her to do more it seems like it was kind of a vice versa thing. Uh-huh. And that was that I, I, I watched that from from a distance. Yes. And so we always encourage each other. So like you said, you know, I'm encouraging her and pushing her. She's encouraging me and pushing me. And together we just put that. I love you. You love me. We mm-hmm. riding. Don't nobody mess with us. Don't nobody mess with you. And well, you got also, was it three the hard way? Where, 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 yes. how, what's that about? Yes, Latoya and See? me, Latoya and Chris. But again, being the All circuit clerk put me in those spaces. Like, of course, I knew Latoya beforehand, but it brought us back closer together. Um, Chris being in circuit clerk's office and he was, you know, where he doing all the many things he was doing with probation. Right. Um, and... Nicole. Tell me, I remember on one of the episodes with with uh, Representative, uh, not Representative, with um, Senator Belt mm-hmm. on how he met you. Mm-hmm. I remember that was specifically when um, who was in the courtroom that said that Marvis Marvis he's a bailiff uh-huh. when he said this is uh, Corn Crow. Crows Crow's sister uh-huh. and what did you say? And what of it? That's right. That's right. So my brother is Corey, and he is like the greatest uncle in the galaxy. Um, he absolutely adores my children, and um, they have such a special relationship with him. And, you know, he's my big brother. He's the fire killer. He's all those things. He's a sigma. He's just such a wonderful person, and he makes me better. So, you know, he sometimes has, like, a love-hate relationship with me. But mm. I have a love-love relationship with my big brother. Like, I absolutely adore him. And um, so, yeah, so it's me and him till the world blows up. That's it. That's me and That's him a beautiful till the world thing. blows up. That is mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Uh-huh. So now you are this newly elected circuit clerk. And you're building these relationships with different people, different people in politics. Um, so tell me, I understand it's pearls in politics, but where does the pearl come from? The pearl comes from just serving, wanting people to have information. It's because of a lack of knowledge that people perish. So like we said in the beginning, wanting people to have the information that they need to be the best them. So whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health, because that kind of goes into right. season two and subsequent seasons, um, 
And then, of course, now we're heading full steam into election season. Right. So a lot of people don't understand separation of powers or that there's the judicial branch and they're very specific with what they do or the legislative branch. and They're very specific with what they do. And there's the executive branch and they're very specific with what they do. Um, but just wanting people to know. So the pearls are all the things, the pearls of wisdom, mm-hmm. the pearls of knowledge that are going to make us better healthier all across the board in every area of our lives. So you're inviting all of the people that can drop these pearls Uh to let, hey, these are the things that you need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. See, you know, I haven't seen a podcast like that. You're the first to do it this way (laughs) here in Illinois. You know, I love it. Thank you. Thank Um, you. Is there anything else you would? And see, and I'm, I'm speaking as if this is my show. Is there anything else you would like us to know about you? Or let me do you. Would you come back? <laughs> Will you come back? I mean, I hope I I, I can't be you. I'm, I'm not as pretty and not as beautiful, but <laughs> I am here with my hairline behind my ears and um, trying to be you for a minute because I actually enjoy watching your podcast and I enjoy producing it. And you are one of a kind and you are a great friend. Thank you. And I feel the same way about you. So that's what I want people to know. She don't like me my podcast producer <laughs> is the best. So if you were looking for a podcast producer, a website designer. Oh, no, no, a, no more websites. No, no more, more websites. websites. I don't want web. I do. I'm still I still I do. If you're looking for a website designer. Yeah. If you were looking for headshots, professional, beautiful or extremely handsome web uh, headshots, this is the man for you. Yeah. Um, and you'll have to drop your information, but this has also been about supporting business. So supporting black business, supporting women in business, because as SVP Fanoy said, 300 meter deficit right? in so many areas. And so there are so many people like you, so many people like me, so many people like Sandra from Associates and so many people like Alex Fanoy that have all of these services. And oftentimes we don't even know, right? We don't know that she's right there in Belleville. We don't know that Nicole and um, her- Renee Real, yeah, yeah Renee her Lewis, brokerage, yeah, yes. brokerage. I don't right. I didn't want to call her Angel, but you know what right. I'm saying? Exactly, you know, I'm trying to put respect on everybody's right. name, but- but onto this black business thing, are you going to have women of business and black women of business and black men that are entrepreneurs on your podcast? Absolutely. And so that is something that we're going to be transitioning into here is going to be our creatives, having our creatives on, having our black business owners on. Um, having our black women business owners on to talk about their products, to talk about their companies and their services and how you all can reach them and um, partake in their services. So. Oh, see, that's good. There, I, there's not a platform around here that does this, particularly on a podcast where you could come on with your business. And here's the thing, make sure you're in business. Don't come in if you, <laughs> little Johnny and Pojo and them. Uh, well, sometimes little Johnny and Pojo are the best mechanics you can go to. Mm-hmm. But- be a business. And here's the thing. There's relationships that you could build through this podcast. To, if you need someone to help you with the LLC, 
they're here. If you need someone with trade a trademark attorney, then all those relationships are here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, drop comments, send emails. You know, you can even send a passenger pigeon if you have one. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy your platform. I think you are, um, you're steadily rising on this and I think it's more to come. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, and I appreciate your wonderful Juliana for uh, oh, the sharing you with the world she because she doesn't have to do that. No, she and don't. we would be at such a deficit. She don't we want would be she at such be a at deficit if, <laughs> if we did not have you. Um, I could not do what I do without my podcast producer, without Chris. Um, I had Joseph Anthony with my beautiful oh, graphics. Yeah, yeah he's I had, really, yeah. Um, Super talented. Yes. Yeah. I had Treasure with, you know, my trademark attorney and she'll be on yeah. um, to express the the need for branding and making sure it's done properly and, and trademarking your brand and things of that nature. But um, oh, what about those glasses? Oh, absolutely. And Ooh. my exclusives, my exclusive glasses from everything, bling, accessories and things with my classmate Char. Um, you can always find her on uh, social media. She has the, uh, we get the exclusives from her right now. Yeah, those um, are beautiful. Yes. And so there are just so many things. And of course, Sparkles Home is doing wonderful. Um, we've been with them, you know, showcasing their stuff all season. So it's just been really great. Like you said, just being able to have these people come together right. Um it's really been an experience. It's certainly been a labor of love and I have every desire to continue going with it. Um, and so I just, you know, pray for strength and creativity, right? Hey. Because I'm not a creative. Like this is, this is stretching me. Okay. No, you're doing fine. Me. You're <laughs> doing fine. You're doing great. You know, it, people think being a creative is fun. It's not, it's a fight. Because I have that fight in my mind all the time. Hey, we'll do it this way. Do it that way. Do it this way. Um, But you are creative because you know what? You get up here and this is not somewhere I'm comfortable. I'm never comfortable behind the mic. I'm comfortable behind the camera. You are. But uh, I stretched to come on here with you because this is not something I do. But I have to get used to it because I will be doing Urban Eats here in a second. Gonna be amazing. This is scary. It's gonna, it's gonna be, scary. be amazing though. Oh, that was it the ASMR? It's gonna be really scary. <laughs> do, you, do you know about ASMR? No, what is it? Where they talk like this into the microphone and you have to listen real close. Oh wow. Or they're eating like uh chips and it's the crunch that goes into the mic. <laughs> You have never heard of it? No. Oh. It, of course you would. Oh, but. no. My daughter. My daughter. That's her thing. Okay. Oh, she she watched some lady eat crab legs. And they have yes. the mic right there with mm-hmm. a crab. And that's just, wow. But like a lot of creatives, I watch them. Thank you, Kyle, for having me on it with you today. And, you know, it's, oh. yeah. Okay. ASMR. It's, it's weird. new that you learn every day in the podcast space. So. Yeah. I can't, I, I just have fun. But thank you so much for doing this with me because again, the the episode about me probably never would have come to actual fruition because it's I just- It's hard talking to that camera, isn't especially it? Especially about yourself. Yeah. So, but so many people wanted to know 
my story, my journey. And then I want people to know my story and my journey because I feel that it can uh, bless others and help others say, you know what? If she kept going after all that, exactly. I can keep going. Um, if she can bounce back from all that, I can bounce back. You know, if I can believe for greater than seeing what she's been through or seeing what, you know, all the pivots right. that he made sure that she made, you know. But every time you pivoted, God had you. Mm -hmm. You know, you never, you never fail. You know, you just had, it, it was, it, it was meant to go the way it went. Uh-huh. So, absolutely. So, do you want me to be you on the on the out? Yes. Oh, this is going to be hard. Thank you for tuning in to Pearls and Politics podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. I am Christopher Michaels. I'm not the host, Kahalias. Hey, we'll see you next week.